In the ancient days before Google Maps, if you were going to take a trip somewhere, what did you do? Well, you, you had these things called actual maps, printed maps on paper. And if you were going to be taking a, perhaps a long trip from, through various states, maybe you even had a thing called a road atlas that had all of the maps of all of the states so that you would have directions on which way you needed to go. But even with these maps, what happened if you got lost? Well, it kind of depends in some ways on who was driving. Because, you know, if there was a certain person driving, well, maybe he would just say, let's just keep driving around and, and we'll eventually find the place where we're trying to get. Now, I'm not going to be picking on men today. We could say the same thing about men, women, young people. It doesn't matter. Sometimes we're just too proud to admit that we need help that we need help in finding the way to go. Sometimes we're just bent on proving that we can do it ourselves. Now in this gospel reading from Matthew today, we have a, a great example of some men who were willing to stop when they were traveling. They stopped to ask for directions. Yes, the Magi, the wise men, made this famous stop in Jerusalem on their way to Bethlehem. So let's listen again to the first couple of verses of our gospel reading from Matthew chapter 2. Please rise as we hear these words. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, when Herod was king, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. They asked, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Thus far the text. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Make us holy through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. So from this account, we learn this simple fact that wise men stop to ask for directions. When they need help, wise men admit it. And that's what these wise men who were seeking Jesus did. They stopped to find the directions they needed. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Now, maybe we wonder, well, what happened? What happened to the star? This star that God had provided that was leading them as they were traveling, leading them to hopefully the place where this king of the Jews was, did God stopped providing that star just so that they would stop in Jerusalem? Well, we don't know the answer to those questions because Matthew doesn't tell us. Here's what we know. The wise men, probably from Babylon, Persia, had traveled to Judea, or they were traveling there because they saw a star. A star which they took to mean that the Savior, the promised Savior, had been born. Now, they had learned of the Messiah. They had learned of this Savior from the Old Testament prophecies. And you have to remember that God's people at one point had been carried off into exile, into Babylon. Eventually, they got to return. But while they were there, undoubtedly, they told others about these prophecies, these prophecies that had to do with this coming Savior. 
And so these, these promises, the prophecies were passed down through the generations, through the centuries. And now we get to the time of Jesus' birth and here you have some men who obviously believed in him, who trusted in him as their savior. That's why they were coming to try to find him. And so even though it took them quite a while, they traveled, they traveled west to Judea following this star that, that God had given them. But they get to Jerusalem, the star wasn't there anymore, and they're not quite sure where to go. So what do they do? Well, I suppose they could have wandered around looking for him. Maybe they could have even just returned, go back home. But they stopped. They stopped and they asked. Now, we don't know whom they asked, but that question went all the way to the top. It, it made it to King Herod. And even though these men were also important, they were, they were dignified, they were respected men, they admitted their need for help. They stopped to ask for directions. And that's quite an admission, yes, but, but what choice did they have, really? Here they had traveled so far already. Is, there, is the, all of their travel going to be in vain? And we can definitely say the same thing about wise men today. They stop. They stop and ask God for directions. Now granted, I'm using wise men in a different way. Uh, wise men in the sense perhaps of the way we would think of people being wise, but especially in how God would view people as being wise. And as we seek guidance, we need to be concerned about being wise because we live in an age of, of information overload. If you want to find out something that you don't know, what do you do? Well, sometimes I joke about Wikipedia being the source of all knowledge or our Google overlords. And now with AI coming to the fore, it's, it's getting even worse where all you have to do is type in a question, type in a phrase on your computer, your phone, and boom, you can have tons of information, more information than you could ever use. Or maybe you turn to a friend. And if that friend is, is someone that you trust, someone that you, that you know has your best interests at heart, well, hopefully that friend is going to be able to direct you in the way that you want to go. Or maybe you turn to some self-help podcast or book. Again, in this age of, of information overload, there's a never-ending supply of information out there. All kinds of people wanting to give you advice and direction. But how good is this information? It's safe to say that whatever information that you, that you get is only as good as the source from which it came. Wikipedia, Google, well, somebody put that information there. And so when you go searching, it has a source in a person. Your friend, well, your friend may be trusted and such, but remember, your friend is just like you, a frail human being, a sinner. The self-help podcasts or books, again, we're talking about human sources, people who are sinners just like us. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to ask for directions from any of these sources because sometimes the information is good and God can even use any of that information for his purposes to guide you in the right way. The problem comes 
when we start seeking guidance exclusively of sources other than the one true source of information, other than God himself. Sometimes asking anything or anyone except for God is wandering aimlessly and we may very well be breaking the first commandment. God has all the direction that we need. He doesn't normally appear to us in visions and dreams. He doesn't tell us in that way what to do, but he definitely guides us in his word. That's why we can say with the psalmist when he's speaking to God and he says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word shines through all of the information, all the false information that's out there so that we can see where we need to go, what we need to do. But, again, we need to admit that we need his guidance. Our sinful pride gets, gets in the way, though, and, and we often live in the illusion that we can do it. We can find the information. Maybe we even listen to that inner voice that's, that's coming from ourselves. But if we only listen to people or things other than God, we're going to find ourselves merrily tripping down that path that leads to eternal destruction in hell. So, the first necessary step in receiving directions from God is to admit that we need them. In our everyday lives, we need to stop. We need to stop and ask for directions. That's what makes us wise men. And it's also true that wise men stop for directions because when they find the help that they need, they rejoice. So these wise men that had come to see Jesus, how did they receive help? Well, again, they received direction through God's word. Now granted, the wise men knew through the Old Testament promises about their Savior, about this, this promised Messiah who was to come. And so they had come all the way to Judea. They followed the star that God had given them. But they didn't know God's word as well as the Jewish experts. And that's why when Herod found out about the wise men's question, he didn't know the answer. And so he turned to the experts, to the ruling priests and the scribes. The scribes are the ones who made the copies of Scripture, who wrote down the copies of the Scripture, and they're the ones who studied it the most. They're the ones who knew it forwards and backwards. And so when they heard that question, where is this king of the Jews supposed to be born? Well, they knew. They said in Bethlehem of Judea, and then they went on to quote from the prophecy of, of Micah 5. And once Herod had this information, he passed it along to the wise men with ulterior motives, of course. And so ultimately, the wise men received this information that they were seeking directly from God's word. Well, actually, indirectly from God's word. Now, of course, again, there was that special way that God had been guiding them with the star. And once they started off from Jerusalem to go to Bethlehem, the star appears again. And their reaction, it says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with overwhelming joy. Maybe it went through their minds that God was, was looking favorably on their search again. 
since he had sent the star to, to guide them once more. It even came to a stop over the, the exact house where Jesus, Mary, and Joseph were staying. And their rejoicing also took the form of worship. After they went into the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother, they bowed down and worshipped him. What else could their reaction have been? Here they had been searching for so long, waiting for this time to come. They had traveled such a great distance. And they finally saw, they saw face to face their Savior, the Savior of the entire world. How could they help but rejoice? How could they help but worship Him? Now I'm sure at this point the wise men were certainly glad that they had stopped to ask for directions. And this was all part of God's plan because we know our all-wise God does everything in the world according to His plan. It was His plan for them to stop there in Jerusalem and, and ask that question. His plan for, for Herod to send them on their way. And eventually, what happens? Well, Herod ends up giving the order to kill all the young boys in Bethlehem. But before that, God had already warned Joseph and he took his family to Egypt. He fled to Egypt for safety. That's quite the divine direction. When you think about the direction that we receive from God, is it all that extraordinary? Well, we may not think so, but we are also thrilled to receive God's direction. Now granted, we don't have a star leading us from, from place to place, so what about all the decisions that we have to make? Maybe not so much the, the everyday decisions, what am I going to have for breakfast, what am I going to wear, but what about the big decisions of life? Whom, I, whom am I going to marry? What kind of job am I going to get? Where am I going to live? How am I going to get my kids into a good college, etc., etc.? Follow the star. That is, God's word is our star because his word leads us to Christ. The entire Bible points to Christ. It doesn't matter if we're talking about the Old Testament, the New Testament, it all points to Jesus, to our Savior. It doesn't matter if it's a book of history or prophecy or a gospel or an epistle, all of it points to our Savior. Whenever people in the Bible were in trouble, where did they go? Well, think about going back to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, after they sinned, God comes to them. He tells them the consequences of their sin, but then he gives them the promise. He gives them the promise of their Savior. And that promise was carried on throughout all of the generations, throughout all of the centuries. And so when we turn to God's word for direction, what is it that we see? We see Jesus. We see Jesus who lived a life that was perfect, a perfect life that he gives to us so that when God looks at us, he sees us as perfect. We see Jesus who was nailed to a cross so that we don't have to pay for our sins, even, even our sins of, of seeking guidance apart from God. We see Jesus who, who rose from the dead so that our resurrection from the dead would be guaranteed. 
In his word, Jesus tells us to rely on him alone for all of our needs, for all of our directions, and he will give it. He says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And with Jesus leading the way, how can we modern day wise men help but react by rejoicing too? How can we help but worship him? I'm not just talking about what we're doing here in church today or, or any other day when we gather together. What about every time that we pray? Every time we pray, we are worshiping God because we're acknowledging Him to be our God, to be our Savior. Every time that, that we have devotions at home, by ourselves, with our families, every time we, we read and study the Bible, we're worshiping Him because we're acknowledging Him to be the one true God. We're acknowledging Him to be the true source of life. And again, we do this in part to seek His guidance. How can we also, how can we help but rejoice when we are led to Jesus? How can we help but spread that word? We know you see what that good news is. We know that Jesus truly is not just our Savior, but He is the Savior of the world. Do others need to hear that, that great news that, that they have a Savior too? Do others need to know that, that they have a guide for their life in Jesus? We modern day wise men have a prime opportunity, you see, to, to do that very thing, to lead people through through the, the word, to their Savior. Think about what time of year we're in right now. We've, we've crossed the, the threshold from one year to another. Maybe you've got people that you know that are a little bit anxious. Maybe they're trying to figure out, well, how can I make this year better than last year? And they come to you and they ask for some guidance. They ask for some direction. And to whom are you going to point them? You point them to the one that you know is the true guide. You point them to your Savior, who is their Savior also. You tell them that God guides you in His Word. You've already stopped and asked for directions, and you see those directions in God's Word. You tell them who your guide to heaven is. Jesus Christ and Him alone, their Savior your Savior. Who knows, but that God won't use that to turn your friend into a wise man also. Amen.